Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Oh, Mr. Marshall, the fun we are going to have today. (laughs) (laughs) You came up with this brilliant, you're the only person who, on a whim, could come up with a brilliant uh, idea for an eight series podcast. Well, it's because somebody else did the work for me. It's going to, it's going to be great. I, but I think we must acknowledge at the get-go here, um, you have a background that I have heard you quote this, this background that you have many, many times, a little bit of the princess bride here. And of course, today we're talking about uh, universal leadership qualities. We're talking about something that Plato wrote down. And that made you think of this. I know. I, I know you well enough to know this. Yes. No, this was, and I'm glad you got the you got it as soon as you saw it. Which, <laughs> I laughed as soon as we came on live on Zoom. That makes me very happy. Yeah, the the number one movie of all time is, is of course the Princess Bride. <laughs> of course. And the, the antagonist in the in the one of the the antagonist insistent is is Vincini. And uh, he's been hired by you know, Prince Humperdinck, and he's in a battle of wits with who we think is the Dread Pirate Roberts, but right. spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> so, so you know, the, the Dread Pirate Roberts asked him, are you that smart? To which Vincini replies, you've heard of Aristotle, Plato, Socrates? <laughs> yes, I have. Morons. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> That's how simple my brain is. As soon as you said we were going to be talking about Plato and Aristotle and all these guys, I was like, that's all I can think of. It's, it's perfect. It's just it's perfect. Surprise. Well, it, so, it, and, and it's, a, it's a great way to launch into this because, uh, and, and you and I have talked about this before, and it's like parenting, right? Like I have great parents and I, became a parent and I was like, this will be great. I've had great role models. This'll, this'll be easy. I didn't say easy, you know, but, but at the same time, I realized um, maybe by year two that I had no idea what was going on. And uh, that has only increased as time has gone on. Like, I, I feel like I'm getting stupider in my parenting, you know? Um, and uh, so, so in, in, Socrates's day, there would have been the sophists, the, the wise men who wandered from town to town making money, uh, mainly teaching the rich people things, and especially things that might be a little on the manipulative side, I think Socrates would have said. And then men, meanwhile, Socrates is a philosopher. He's a philo, he's a lover of wisdom, or the sophists were, were the wise men. He's a lover of wisdom. So he doesn't even claim to be wise. And of course, he goes down as one of the wisest, you know, men that we have in the in the Western tradition. So, um, I, I I come at this very very cautiously, saying I don't have any of this down. I just know this is genius, uh, genius stuff to pass on, and um, it's it's just like amateur. The the word amateur comes from uh, uh, love, you know, the the Latin for love. I I love this stuff. I'm not sure I'm an even qualified to to say that I'm uh, proficient at it. I just, I'm, I'm reading this stuff and it's really cool. And I, I want to share it with people who are working on their leadership. I think it's fantastic. And, and when you think about, yeah, Plato, Aristotle, Alexander, all these guys, and you, and you think, okay, when they had this discussion, when they, when they talked about that, what did they think was, was important? 
and the fact that that the list has survived for for centuries and centuries and centuries and it's and it's been passed down and it's now in our hands and we're preparing to share it in the digital realm yeah uh, it, it becomes okay you can't ignore this at this point right <laughs> you, you you know if it's lived on this long you got to take a look you got to say what is there a value here that that still genuinely applies uh, to the 21st century that we're living in yeah, and, and that would be, I think, what would tickle Socrates and Plato the most here is that we would wrestle with this a little bit, not even agree with it all, uh, kind of argue with it a little bit. And um, and that's why it's worth sharing, because this is something, I mean, we're talking about the, the gentleman who basically uh, spread Greek thought, humanist thought through um, civilization at the time. Uh, so, so, you know, this is always sort of the broad brush stroke I paint, but Socrates, uh, tutored Plato, Plato tutored Aristotle, Aristotle tutored uh, Alexander the Great, who conquers the known world. And so, so we, we get, uh, uh, you know, the, the spread of Greek thought uh, throughout the, you know, most of the known world at the time. And um, Greco-Roman thought sort of comes from that, uh, that little seed, you know, the, a, a lot of the Romans would have idolized uh, Alexander for the for the empire he created, they would have hired uh, Greeks. Uh, well, I say hired, they, they were basically slaves. So they, they had they had slaves tutoring their children in Greek. Um, you know, you get to Augustine and in his autobiography and the you know, I guess he was in the 300s, 400s AD. And he's talking about, oh, it was so terrible. I had to learn Greek as a kid. You know, I wish I had just, you know, had Latin like I, you know, like every other, you know, Roman would have known as, as Latin, but I had to learn Greek. And well, so this is still stuff that we are talking about today because of what they salvaged out of this whole tradition. So today we're talking about Plato's Republic. And, um, and obviously nobody alive today agrees with everything in the Republic. And yet here it is as a foundational text. And oh, by the way, it's talking about who should be in charge and what qualities they should have. So, so that is a part, a tiny little part of, of what the Republic is about. And that's some of what we want to share today. Well, I think that's fantastic. And, and just so you know, uh, for both our listeners, that <laughs> uh, we are not going to require you to learn Greek or Latin right. <laughs> in order to participate in this conversation. And so uh, just know that, yeah, for the, for the, the, the next eight uh, podcasts to follow, uh, they will all be in English. Yeah, <laughs> amen to that. And and I will also say, uh, just just in case, because um, I do have some friends who are uh, philosophy professors, uh, and they might look at this without rolling their eyes. I don't know. We'll see. But I, I think for their sake, I'm going to say this. The Republic is really about studying uh, morality, justice, like what what really is the essence of that? And, and they use this metaphor of, of a republic, of a, of a city, a regime that's set up. Um, it's fictitious. It's an analogy meant to study morality, to, to study justice. And so in the course of this, we get this list of qualities that uh, Socrates has Plato say in the, in the Republic are you know, really the things that are just essential qualities for these what, what are called philosopher kings. Who are going to be in charge of of this city? So, for what that's worth, I've said that out loud. The book isn't really about um, you know. Here's how leaders uh, should run a city. 
it's it's actually about morality. The analogy is used here to to talk about that. So, well, and I thought it was interesting in a in an article that 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 you wrote where you talked about the the person we want to serve is the philosopher king. However, yeah. the philosopher king will never seek to serve right. out of out of ambition. Right. But they will serve out of an obligation to help others and help yeah. the cause. Yeah. And and when you look at some of the leaders in, in our world today, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. you're thinking, Ooh. okay, oh, oh my, <laughs> yeah, where are all the great philosopher kings, right? The philosopher <laughs> leaders, uh, right. and we have all these people with incredible ambition to hold an office, but maybe not all the attributes that that Socrates laid out uh, in order to serve well. Right. So, right. That that's what impresses me about the list is you know and, and you'll see you know we're, today we're just going to read it so you get the list and uh, as we go through each of the future episodes we'll take one of these eight qualities as I, as I parse them out uh, to to talk about but the the thing that's so funny about this list is um, if it doesn't nail you to the wall in some way you might want to have people speak truth to you more often. Uh, you know, if, if there's not something here uh, that you take as a, as an opportunity for growth for yourself, maybe maybe have a dose of wisdom and sober up or or, or you know something something uh, because uh, this is uh, it, it's I think it's fairly comprehensive. I think it's fairly comprehensive. It is. It is. And and as we've said with uh, with our previous uh, podcast when we did the. 20 bad uh, interpersonal behaviors. Right. Uh, if, you, if you're not sure which ones you're doing, just hand the list to somebody. They'll let you know where you need work. <laughs> so this, this comes at a completely different angle. This comes from a positive standpoint. Here are these positive attributes that, that, that right. these great leaders uh, possess. Uh, and if you, if you don't think you're short on anyone, just hand the list to somebody. They'll, they'll gladly fill they'll you. Help you. Yeah, they'll help you out. They'll lend you a hand. They'll, 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 Pull the wool, you know, off of your eyes. They'll, they'll remove that's right. your rose-colored glasses. That's they exactly will, right. Now I should say point. these are. Uh, he he describes these as the natural <laughs> qualities. So I wonder if if Socrates or Plato would have even said that what we're talking about is doable. You know, uh, you know, th this is this is just stuff you're either born with or or you're not. Maybe maybe that's what they would have said. I happen to disagree with uh, an aspect of that, and so I think it's worth us considering these as. Um, uh, qualities that we can develop within ourselves and and be better so well no i think you're right i think we we've evolved over time where the, there was the the born leader uh, and now we've realized that that leadership is is a skill that can be learned yeah. and so and so we we see that more and more so so without further ado <laughs> I'll just read through the eight. One of them struck me as highly amusing. Uh, so I'm very excited about yeah, episode three. So uh, here we go. So if you're looking at a universal list of leadership qualities, here are the eight. A high degree of reliability. Makes sense. Courage. And mm. I like that it's just one word, just courage. Yep. All right. And then number three. Very good looking. Naturally. Uh, we're going to have to talk. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Natural talent for studies. Sharp and quick at learning. I like that. Yeah. A good memory. Tenacious. 
Mm -hmm. There again, yeah, I, I like the uh, courage, tenacious, right? Just this one word, summing it all up. Enjoys all kinds of work, physical and mental. Mm -hmm. uh, I found that interesting, uh, and okay. that's going to make a great conversation. And then the last one, not handicapped in the context of truth, such as despising overt lying from others or oneself, yet putting up with unconscious lying or defensive excuses. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I mean, what's so great about this list is every single one of these words, I can think about somebody today who emphasizes them in their leadership books, their podcasts, their, their, uh, their, you know, curriculums that they sell. Um, some of these have been well-researched. Some of them we've tried to get away from, and we just can't because the research shows that, that they're, they're a big deal. So, and, and here's, you know, some, some dudes in the BC era who, uh, had this list sort of baked before, you know, we, we did anything in, in the, in the modern research sense. So, um, I want to talk about each of these and I want to talk about them right now. Um, but for now, I think what we want to do is just leave you with this list of eight. Um, in the context of, you know, sort of thinking about how they came about and, and what we plan on doing with them, uh, but leave you with this list of eight thinking about, um, you know, what do these mean to you and what, what immediately jumps out at you as uh, one of the words here that you just say, ooh, you know, either maybe it's, that's, that's a strength for me, or maybe it's a, wow, that's, I don't even consider that something that uh, could be a strength, <laughs> you know, like what? But how's that even on the list? Um, including very good looking. I'm gonna oh, go yeah. ahead and say that. Gonna go ahead oh, and yeah. say that. Well, I'm glad to know that I've got at least one of them down. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel very comfortable about that. I have seven more to work on. Uh, My papa would say uh, uh, he he always wanted to be old, rich, and good looking, and you know, one out of three ain't bad. So that's right. Uh, yeah, he's doing all right. So also when we, when we think about one of the exercises we, we have our, our people do when we're talking about leadership is to think back upon their life and who were the leaders in, in your life right. that exhibited and demonstrated these qualities. Yeah. And so sometimes, uh, yeah, we've had, uh, we've had that. And then we've had the people who their sole purpose in life seems to be to serve as an example of what not to do. <laughs> Right. So we've had people who were lacking these qualities in a right. leadership role and think about what was the impact on you uh, if you were on that team, if you were part of that organization. And, yeah. and so you get a sense of how dramatically positive this could be and how dramatically negative uh, it can be yeah. uh, from a leadership standpoint. Great, great point. Um, the, the, the last thing I would say, Mike, is just the... Uh, keep an open mind as you consider this, because on a couple fronts, um, as as we get into unpacking some of these words, you may find that you know a, um, you know maybe it's a bigger deal than you realized, and b, you may get a new definition of this word. This this word may mean something to you right now that is just a a, a, a tiny surface amount of the the depth that's that's there encapsulated in that word or phrase or concept. And so we're going to hope to kind of try to unpack that 
as we try to do with it doesn't take a genius. You know, we're, we're going to give some theory and some background and, and, you know, for me, it's classical thought, um, but we're going to talk about this very practically. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm excited. Oh, now this is good. This is good. So yeah. this is the, this is the trailer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. This is awesome. All right. So uh, we'll have the, uh, we'll have the list, uh, the eight in the description uh, below. And as always, stay tuned. Uh, a whole lot of good stuff's coming up. So with that, let's throw it over to our announcer. Who's very good looking, by the way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry to laugh. Sorry. Sorry. And that's a wrap. It doesn't take a genius. The blog dedicated to reducing the irreducible. Next time, prime numbers. What makes them so special? Join us then. And thanks for listening.